0: Thank okay. of the black lotus podcast bringing on the iuic israel united in christ church i'm very happy to be able to interview you guys this is this is a great this is going to be a great discussion of of black people who want to make a change in the community so i just want to get myself i want to introduce myself my name is josiah jacobs and i'm one of the co-hosts of the black lotus podcast and my co-host can't be right now right here right now because of technical difficulties but we're still going to have a great discussion, a great conversation. So I would love for, for me to, you know, welcome you onto the Black Lotus Podcast.
1: Yes, sir. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. I definitely, it's, a, it's an honor and a privilege for us, you know, for for you to allow us to come onto your platform. It's a great platform. So, you know, we definitely appreciate it.
0: Hey, I, I appreciate that, man. It means a lot. And I can tell just through my research of your organization that you guys are an organization who wants to see the betterment of the black community and for me that's something that drives me every day to do what i do and on this platform just trying to get out the good information that we need to have as black people in order to achieve liberation and in order to to achieve a level in which we are proud of ourselves and proud of who we are so i want to ask you what is the mission of your organization and what and how are you guys trying to help better the black community
1: yes sir excellent question so my name is Captain Lemuel with Israel United in Christ. We are an organization that began uh, by Bishop Nathaniel Ben Israel in 2003. And ultimately, our mission, the, the the movement and the teaching started long before 2003, but as far as Israel United in Christ, the organization uh, started in 2003. Ultimately, our goal, our life's mission, our life, God given purpose is to teach the so called blacks, Hispanics, and Native Americans that they are the true biblical children of Israel. They're not Negroes, black, African American, Mexicans, Hispanics, Native Americans, that we have an identity in 2023. The Bible is our history book, our record book, our Constitution, and it teaches us how to be men. How to be women, how to be husbands, how to be fathers, how to be leaders, how to be a nation, a family, a race of people that for so long we've, we've known ourselves as nothing more than being at the bottom, uh, last hired, first fired, things like that. And we want to use the scriptures, use the word of God to lift our people up and give them their true identity back as God commanded us to in the Holy Bible. So we give all praise to the most High again for, you know, platforms like yours and others for us to continue to push the word of God. Cause that's the only thing that's going to clean up black people in 2023.
0: Hey Amen. That's, that's so real. And I feel like one of the things that we struggle with as black people the most is we lack a sense of pride in who we are and we don't, a lot of that comes from because we don't know where we come from. You know, one of the things that makes you feel most powerful as a human being is is knowing that you're here for a reason and that you have a purpose. And one of the biggest things that comes with purpose is knowing who you are. And part of knowing who you are is knowing where you come from. And something that makes it hard for Black people to, I would say, have the dignity that, that we should have is not knowing where we come from. And I, I mean, it's, you you can just see with how we represent ourselves now and even with the movements that we've partaken in and in the results you know you can tell there's been a lack of of love for for our community for ourselves
1: absolutely absolutely and and here's the thing is that we don't understand that in you know for us today when you read the scriptures when you read you know a lot of times especially in christianity they say oh the old testament's done away with now it's all the new moses laws is done away with now it's all the new but we got to start you you never open up a book and start in the last of of a 20 chapter book let's say you don't start from the from chapter 18 generally speaking you would generally start in chapter 1 right yeah <laughs> you don't start you don't start from the end of the book so when we read the Bible and we read the curses, one of the things that you you just mentioned, which was is is is, is heavy and it's biblical, is that loss of self identity, and that's one of the main reasons why today you have black blacks and Hispanics in low income communities in the hood slums and ghettos all over Amer- all over America. We have the highest abortion rates, highest STD HIV rates. We, have, we are baby mamas and baby daddies. Maury Povich been getting rich for years. Jerry Springer was getting rich for years off of the ignorance of, of us as a race of people. Let's go to Deuteronomy 28, Officer Jacob, because I want to read for brothers and sisters. Understand that the Bible records that loss of identity that you just mentioned. Deuteronomy chapter 28, verse 15. This is Moses speaking to the children of Israel. He said, if you keep my commandments, verse uh, Deuteronomy chapter 28, verses 1 through 14, I'm going to bless you. He said, if you break my commandments, verses 15 through 68, you're going to receive curses. You're going to fall up under these curses. Read verse 15 real quick. The
2: book of Deuteronomy chapter 28, verse 15. But it shall come to pass, if thou wilt not hearken unto the voice of the Lord thy God,
1: the, the voice of God is the Bible. The voice of God is the Bible. It ain't. It, it's not a a soft whisper in the ear, uh, a a spirit just whispering sweet nothings to you. God's voice is the Bible. Come on.
2: To observe, to do all His commandments
1: and His statutes, which I command thee this day. Those commandments all, and those those commandments and those statutes you find in the Bible. Come on. That all these curses shall come upon thee and overtake thee. God said all these curses would come upon the children of Israel and overtake the children of Israel because that's who Moses is talking to in Deuteronomy chapter 28, the book of Deuteronomy. The first five books, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy were written by Moses. Moses himself was an Israelite from the tribe of Levi. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: So he's speaking to his people. And he said, If you don't obey God to do his commandments, all these curses would come upon you and overtake you. So now, as we read through the curses, let's see what race of people on the earth today identify with these curses. Actually, read verse 46. Verse
2: 46. And they shall be upon thee.
1: The they is the they or the curses shall be upon thee
2: for a sign, and for a wonder, and upon thy seed forever.
1: So these curses would be upon this race of people as a sign, as an identifying marker to know in the last days who these people are. Why? Because this people would have a what? Loss of identity in the last days. Let's prove that. So now, As we read through these curses, let's identify who identifies with these people today. Verse 16.
2: Verse 16. Cursed shalt thou be in the city, and cursed shalt thou be in the field.
1: What race of people is cursed in the cities? What race of people is the last hired and the first fired? What race of people is baby mamas and baby daddies? What race of people is in the hoods, slums, and ghettos, all across America. I don't see Chinese people there. Don't. I don't see Arabs there. You don't. I, don't see, I don't see French people. I don't see Japanese people. I see black people. I see Hispanics. And I see Native Americans in the cities. Who was cursed in the field? Who were the ones during the tr- in slavery in the cotton fields, in the tobacco fields? Chinese people was not out there. Japanese people was not out there. Jewish people were not out there. They were the ones that were overseeing. They were the ones that were financing the slave trades. They were not out in the fields themselves. That was us. That was black people. God said, curse would you be in the city. Curse would you be in the field. This is one of the identifying signs to identify who this people would be in the last days, verse 37.
2: Deuteronomy 28, verse
1: 37. Because here's here's a part of the loss of identity.
2: And thou shalt become an astonishment, a proverb, and a byword among all nations, whether the Lord shall lead thee.
1: So God said in the last days, the children of Israel would become an astonishment, a proverb, and a byword. I just saw today in Philadelphia, uh, Philadelphia, you had, it, I think it was 30-something, it may have been more than that. It was like 30-something black people, young people, ran into a, a Apple store and stole all the phones, all the iPads, all the tablets and everything else out of a store, out of an uh, Apple store. That's an astonishment. The other nations are like, yo, what the hell's wrong with these people? These dudes, they are like freaking animals. That's the astonishment. It says a proverb they're nothing but thugs they're nothing but gangsters oh they just baby mamas and baby daddies that's the proverb if you want to hide something from a negro do what put it in a what in a book in a book in a book there you go it says in a byword meaning anything that you're called outside of your god-given name so one of the names that Black people, so-called African-Americans, are called outside of our God-given name, which is an Israelite from the tribe of Judah. We're called Negroes. We're called niggas. We're called Black. We're called African-American. We're called Black. We're called Africans. Why is it that we get, we're get we given all these different names? We got four, five, six, ten different labels over the last 30, 40, 50 years.
0: And a lot of them weren't even given to like, we didn't even give ourselves those labels. They were giving us exactly,
1: exactly. We didn't give ourselves uh, a black, a color, African American. That's two different continents. <laughs> How are you an African? How are you from Africa and America? How are you African and American? It two really, different continents. It really
0: doesn't make sense, and I think that some that kind of adds into the the struggle in which Black people having this country about trying to find out who we are, because I mean, you see like a lot of the ADOS, FBA movements and stuff like that, trying to find that identity because throughout the years, we we went from being called the Negro to to black, to then to African-American and now FBA, you know, like it's, it's so many different things, like we're confused.
1: Exactly, you I, you, I, I couldn't have said it no better. You, you are a hundred percent correct. And that's a curse. Give me Isaiah sixty five fifteen. This is what the Lord said. Our forefathers, the prophets, because the Bible is full of black people, from Moses to his brother Aaron, Isaiah, Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, Isaiah, Jeremiah, Ezekiel, Daniel. As much as we go to church, black people are the most religious people on the face of the planet. You mean to tell me as much as we go to church, no pastor has ever identified? That the curses that we read in Deuteronomy 28, matter of fact, I'm going I'm to I'm tell you this, uh, Brother Josiah. I was at a wedding in 2013, 2012, 2013, and the pastor, he read a couple of the curses in Deuteronomy 28. And it sparked something even at that time. I'm like, God, dog, that sound like, that sound like us. But I had never put two and two together. I wasn't in the truth at that time. So I didn't know nothing about being an Israelite or nothing like that. I was just like, what? That, it, it just sounded familiar. So you mean to tell me all these churches, all these pastors, all these ministers, all these bishops and deacons, no one's ever put two and two together? That God said this, read that in Isaiah 65.
2: Isaiah chapter 65, verse 15. And he shall leave your name for a curse until
1: my chosen god said we would leave our name for a curse so we would leave you're an israelite from the tribe of judah benjamin levi issachar naphtali you would leave that you would be called african-american you would be called a haitian jamaican mexican you would be called a puerto rican that's what it means by leaving our names for a curse. Come on.
2: For the Lord God shall slay thee and call his servants by another
1: name. That, that by another name is African-American, black, Negro. So to your point, Brother Josiah, again, going back to what you said earlier, 100% it's a loss of identity. And it, it, it wasn't by accident. It was, it was manifested. Destiny, manifest destiny. It was, it was destined because the Bible, God said, if you break my commandments, you're going to lose your identity. And guess what? As it was written, as it is done.
0: Yeah, man, for sure. And I think that even in in the modern age that we're in right now, more specifically, I would say in the post-integration era of the United States, I would feel like we, we are suffering from that loss of identity. Even more, um, because we know a lot of Black people. We're we're so divided amongst class now more than we've ever been, and um, I think for me as somebody who wants to see change, I think it's been one of the difficulties of trying to get Black people together. I feel like there are so many different things that we are trying to, so many different ideals and values that we are trying to aspire to, and I think there's a whole lot of a whole lot of bickering. And a whole lot of just overall divisiveness. And, and, I, would, and I would ask you, why, why do you feel like our community is so divided now? Why do you feel like there's so much arguing and bickering on, in these online spaces, whether that's between men and women, you know, just whoever? Like, what do you think of that?
1: No, it's a good question. It, it goes back to a loss of identity. Because think about it. If you are, I'm, I'm the Jacksons. They're the Johnsons. Those are the Smiths. Oh, those are the Velasquez. Those are the Rodriguez. So everyone's separated and divided. You know how it's, it's, it's a, not a trigger word. Kind of one of the common phrases you hear today is, oh, we're not a monolithic people.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: We're su- according to God, we're supposed to be a monolithic people. Why? Because we're one nation of people. That was given commandments, that was given laws, that was given statutes, all in the same place by right. one man, the most high God and his son, Jesus the Christ. Get that real quick in Zephaniah 2 and 1. And then we're gonna go back to the curse. Because this is what God, this is what God said is supposed to happen. Zephaniah chapter 2, verse 1.
2: The book of Zephaniah, chapter 2, verse 1. Gather yourselves together. Yea, gather together,
1: O nation, not desire. So this is what's supposed to happen. We're supposed to gather together as one monolithic people because God gave us commandments as a nation of people. God called us a peculiar people, a peculiar nation unto himself, not the Rodriguez, the the Velasquez, the Dominguez, the Smiths, the Jacks, the Johnsons. So it goes back to exactly what you said earlier about that loss of identity. So if I don't think that that's my brother over there or that's my sister over there, it's easy for me to dismiss them. Also, religion divided us. Because think about it, under the banner of Christianity, under the banner of white Jesus, you have all these various denominations, right? You got Catholics, you got Mormons, you got Episcopalians, you got AME, you got non-denominational, whatever that means. So even under the banner of Christianity, there's division. Yep. That was never so when you read the Bible. Yes, sir.
0: You know, another thing that I would I would say is that I remember I was listening to a speech by Malcolm X and he, he wanted to stress a lot in his speech that he wasn't, whether you're a Muslim or you're a Christian, we need to like, we need to forget that and we need to come together. And, and because we have a common enemy and in this particular country, our common our, our oftentimes our common enemy has been the white man and specifically, you know, this this white hegemonic society in which in which capitalism has put us as a, as a, what seems like permanent underclass, but mm-hmm. we know that nothing in this world is permanent. And I think it, it's going to take a lot of, a lot of healing in order to find out who we are. And I do want to ask you, what do you feel like has been some trials and tribulations and trying to get black people to listen to the, to the message that you guys are
1: preaching? <laughs> it's been many. Many, many, many trials and tribulations. I do want to touch something real quick that you, you just mentioned. It. it was it, it was so heavy what you just said. You said whether you're Muslim or Christian, right? You you mentioned a, a quote from the quote from Malcolm X. Yeah. What you just said is biblical. What you just said is biblical prophecy. Get that in 64, 2864. What you just what you just mentioned, a quote from our brother Malcolm X is biblical and this is a part of what you what you just mentioned about the division amongst us as a nation of people read that
2: Deuteronomy chapter 28 verse 64 and the lord shall scatter thee among all people
1: and the lord shall scatter thee among all people the way we were scattered was by ships from the we were shipped from the eastern hemisphere to the western hemisphere from the western hemisphere to the eastern hemisphere come on from the
2: one end of the earth even unto the other Uh and there thou shalt serve
1: and there where you got off those slave ships
2: thou shalt serve other gods
1: we would serve other gods we would serve other religions outside of the religion that god gave us which is his laws statutes and commandments which is the bible this is the religion that god gave us the bible God said we would serve other gods where we got off those slave ships. So whether it was a sub-Saharan slave trade or the transatlantic slave trade, we would be scattered. Come on. It says there.
2: And there thou shalt serve other gods, which neither thou nor thy fathers have known.
1: Because our forefathers, Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, Isaiah, Jeremiah, Ezekiel, Peter, Paul. They didn't know all these other religions, Allah, white Jesus, who's Caesar Borgia. We didn't know those gods, those idols. It says, and there you would serve other gods, which neither you or your forefathers have known. Come on. Even what? Even wood and stone. So now here's my question, Brother Josiah. When you read wood and stone, it's talking about other gods, right, or other religions. What do we think the wood represents? What religion does the wood represent? The wood. Hmm. Mm-hmm. The, because you mentioned two religions from what Brother Malcolm said.
0: I would probably say Christianity.
1: Right. Because of what? Because of the, the cross. There you go. A wooden cross. It says neither wood nor what? Or stone. Or stone. And then what does the stone represent? Islam. There you go. Mecca, when you go when they go in and do their hajj and, and go walk around a big rock, the Kaaba stone, God said that those are the two predominant religions amongst blacks, Hispanics, and Native Americans that we would worship and serve in the last days, and that would separate and divide us as a nation of people. So what's the big, what's one of the biggest blockers, one of the biggest hindrances, you know, going leading to your second question? Go to Ezekiel chapter 3. Is Ezekiel 3? You know what I want. Ezekiel 3. One of the biggest hindrances is pulling our people out of the darkness because God called America the land of darkness. Darkness means confusion. So it's a great melting pot. So you got all types of religions here. Like you said, this this is the place where you can say, "Oh, we're not a monolithic people," because this is the great melting pot. So come one, come all. But that's that's that was never what God intended, right? So read that real quick.
2: Which verse you want, Cap?
1: Uh, you know, start. You you can start anywhere. Start at verse verse seven,
2: Ezekiel chapter three, verse seven. But the house of Israel will not hearken unto thee.
1: Actually, start at verse start at verse four.
2: Ezekiel three, verse four. And he said unto me, son of man, go, get thee unto the house of Israel.
1: So God told Ezekiel, go to the house of Israel. God didn't tell Ezekiel to go to all nations, Mm
0: -hmm. all races,
1: all people. God told the prophet Isaiah to go to the house of Israel. Come on. And speak
2: with my words unto them.
1: God's words is the Bible. Speak with my words. Speak with the Bible. Now jump, read on. For thou art not sent to a
2: people of a strange speech and of an hard language, but to the house of
1: Israel. We were not sent. Ezekiel wasn't sent to all nations. The prophets weren't sent to all nations. They were sent to the house of Israel. Come on. Not to
2: many people of a strange speech and of an hard language whose words thou canst not understand. Surely I had sent thee to them They would have hearkened. Had
1: I sent thee to them.
2: Surely had I sent thee to them, they would have hearkened unto thee. But the house of Israel will not hearken unto thee.
1: You see what God said? (laughs) Black people, Hispanics, and Native Americans, many will not hearken or listen. God told us to the prophet Isaiah. He said of the house of Israel, many will not hearken to you. Come on. For they will not hearken unto me. Uh Uh-huh. For all the house of Israel are impudent and hard-hearted. Like in the South, we say in Texas, we we call you we call you hard-headed. That's what God said about black people. We hard-headed, we stiff-necked, we rebellious. You would think that this would be this this word would be a cool glass of water on a hundred and eight degree Texas summer day <laughs> when we telling people, yo, the prophets look like you. Jesus Christ looked like you. The apostle Paul, Peter, the disciples, they look like you. Salvation is for you. You don't have to be a baby mama. You don't have to be a baby daddy. You don't have to die from HIV, AIDS, syphilis, gonorrhea. I don't want to hear that Bible. You can't judge me. Who are you talking to? We've had rocks thrown at us. We've had bottles thrown at us. We've had, here in Dallas, we've had groceries thrown at us teaching this word wow yeah that's that's actually crazy
0: um it makes me think of something that i have been uh saying to my friend the other day i feel like something that we struggle with in the black community is even more than we did in the past i feel like we don't we don't have a a coherent value system anymore there there aren't things that we that we stand on as a community anymore. You know, I think of somebody like my grandmother, you know, you know, older people tend to be a little more conservative, but I, I noticed that people of that generation have like a value system, you know, there are there are things that they take pride in, things that they feel like you shouldn't do outside, you know, certain certain ways of dressing or whatever. I feel like in our community, we've we've taken up too much of, of, of more of the, the white American value of individualism and we are we are way too it, it's it's just it's, a, it's about me like everything everything that i try to get it's about me that's why i feel like we tend to engage in all the violence that we do in our community why we treat people the way we do because it's all about me it doesn't everybody else yeah that, that's cool but community doesn't matter to me i'm gonna get it on my own mm-hmm. and i you know i feel like a lot of that is because of a lack of lack of values and purpose
1: that that's a hundred percent right. You're a hundred percent right. And that that's a part of our life's mission is to instill that sense of purpose. For those that will receive it, we full well understand that not everybody's going to receive it. Not everybody's going to change. Not everybody's going to repent, but for those that want to, for those that sincerely seek the Lord, we want to instill that sense of purpose, that sense of identity, give them that value system back because consider consider our communities there's nobody in their right mind that can say what black people have been doing in our communities from a religious standpoint from a value system standpoint works if the christian church really worked why are why are liquor stores rampant in the black community why do we not have our own schools? I was, I was in a sit-in, um, uh, it was at a fraternity maybe maybe two months ago, something like that. And one of the issues that's going on right now, and I want to say it's Cedar Hill ISD, is that they have a white principal, various, um, and all of their superiors don't even look like them. So the brothers were in there, they were complaining, well, we should do this, we should change that, we should vote on this, we should vote on that. You don't think that if, if the other nations really wanted to change black communities, they would have passed the law by now to do that? Until until there's one value system amongst us, until there's, again, that that shared identity and that shared culture amongst us, we will always stay divided and we'll always stay at the bottom. What you just, what you mentioned about the crime, the the lack of purpose and things like that, Christ spoke about that. How over time things would wax worse and worse. Get that real quick. Matthew 24. Matthew chapter 24, verse three. What we're seeing right now are the signs of the times. These are the signs of the last days. And, in these last days, God sent forth his prophets back in the earth to wake up the children of Israel in these last days because he understood, you know, it's going, get, it's going to get real bad. What we're seeing right now, we ain't seen nothing yet. Read that real quick, 24 and 3.
2: The book of Matthew, chapter 24, verse 3. And as he sat upon the Mount of Olives, the disciples came unto him privately, saying, Tell us, when shall these things be? And what shall be the sign of thy coming and the end of the
1: world? What shall be the sign of thy coming and of the end of the world? So the disciples asked Christ, What's one of the identifying signs that you're making your second coming, Lord? And here's one of the things that Jesus said. Jump down to verse. Matter of fact, read on.
2: Verse 4. And Jesus answered and said unto them, Take heed that no man deceive you.
1: Notice how the first thing that Jesus said, Take heed that no man deceives you. Take heed that no man deceives you. Why? Because he already understood that in the last days this would happen. Verse 5. For many shall come
2: in my name, saying, I am Christ, and shall deceive many.
1: He already understood that there were going to be many in the last days that came in Christ's name, saying, I'm Jesus, I'm Jesus, I'm Jesus. For the entire planet Earth, there's only one race of people that has claimed themselves to be Jesus Christ. There's only one nation of people for the in in the planet Earth that has depicted themselves as Jesus Christ. That's why Christ said in the last days, one of the identifying signs that we know when the last days is because many would be excuse me many would be deceived. Jump to verse twelve. Verse 12. And what are we talking about? What's the deception? The white image of Jesus Christ. There's no Christian in uh, there's no Christian that's gonna see this broadcast and can definitively show me a scripture that says Jesus Christ was a Caucasian man with blue eyes, (laughs) long, blonde, stringy hair. I challenge any Christian. I'll give you a million dollars in installments. That's, to that's show gonna be a, it's gonna be a high difficulty level. There you go. That's it. I ain't gotta worry about a payout because they ain't gonna find it. <laughs> verse,
2: verse 12. Verse 12. But he that shall endure until no, the verse end. Verse
1: 12.
2: Verse 13, my apologies. Verse 12. And because
1: iniquity shall abound. So this is this this goes back to your point, brother Josiah, is that in these last days, you would if, Far past our, fa- our mothers and fathers, our grandmothers, grandfathers, great-grandmothers, great-grandfathers, they had at least some level of, some standard, okay, marriage. Let's not have children outside of wedlock. Okay, that's biblical. Let's not kill each other. That's biblical. Let's not commit adultery. That's biblical. In 2023, thought culture hot girl summer yolo they'll put it on tv too everybody watching that stuff that that's it all these podcasts out here you got your britney Renners and all these other thought cultures is is everywhere I, I can't name them all but yeah uh what's it's these? too many to name suki what's his girl name suki Hana, red something all of them i hell i can't think of all of them god said and because iniquity shall abound, come on, the love of many shall wax cold. The love of many, meaning us applying God's commandments amongst each other, because love, according to the Bible, is applying God's commandments. Loving your neighbors, you love yourself. If you love your neighbors, you love yourself. You're not going to lie on your neighbor. You're not going to steal from your neighbor. You're not going to shoot your neighbor. You're not going to have sex with your neighbor and not not marry that sister, not be a father, not be a mother. You're not gonna do that. But God said in these, last, Christ said in these last days, that's what you're, you're gonna see a rise of thought culture. You're gonna see a rise of murders. You're gonna see a rise of mass thefts. Like I said, just today I seen the news in Philadelphia about the 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 mass theft. Look what's going on in California, the mass thefts of walgreens and cvs like random stores like little side stores you going and hey, stealing man. band-aids
0: i bro i'm i'm from san francisco and i used to work at safeway in the fillmore district with this which is uh, which is kind of a black neighborhood it's, it's getting gentrified but in my store they used to be stealing like crazy i like, like you wouldn't you wouldn't believe what you would see when you would go in there people would walk in there like every day i'm talking about like one dude walking there for it's still like six six hundred dollars worth of stuff, sometimes yeah. a thousand. Like, and this was happening daily, like multiple people was doing it. Like you wouldn't even understand. It used to make me so mad because I, I know we're better than that. I I I know I know we are. We are better than that. And it, it's just it's very disheartening to see, and it's happening across the country.
1: You I mean, you're 100 percent right. We we are better than that. It's that loss of identity. It's that loss of purpose. So when you come here and you come to America, the great melting pot, and you were born and raised as a slave, your great, your, your mother, your grandmother, your great grandmother, they were all born and raised as slaves and you were given a name. You were, a name was beat into your back. And then somebody comes along and tells you you're the greatest thing walking the face of the planet. We understand the cognitive dissonance that 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 can cause because that's something that that you've never heard it before. You've bl- black people have never heard that they're the greatest thing walking the face of the planet. But God said you're the greatest thing walking the face of the planet. From the old testament to the new testament. God said you're the greatest thing walking the face of the planet. All you but, gotta do is put it in the book. Say it again.
0: All you gotta do is put it in a book and they won't find it.
1: That's it. And that goes back to the proverb that we read in Deuteronomy 28.
0: Exactly.
1: It goes right back to that. If you want to hide something from the Negro, put it in a book. But God said, we're the greatest thing walking the face of the planet. Get that real quick. Deuteronomy 7. God said, we're the greatest thing walking the face of the planet Earth. Come on. This is the book of Deuteronomy chapter
2: 7 and verse 6. For thou art an holy people unto the Lord thy God.
1: You see that? God said we're a holy people unto him, a separate, sanctified, righteous people unto him. Come on.
2: The Lord thy God hath chosen thee to be a
1: special people unto himself. God okay. chose us to be a special people unto himself. Come on.
2: Above all people that are upon the face of the earth
1: notice how it didn't say below it didn't say equal to it said above all people that are upon the face of the earth god said we're above everybody else so we got to get out of this mediocre bottom of the barrel low to no standard way of thinking that's that that has been embedded and beat in our spirits for years and stand up as the the, the the sons and daughters of God that he called us to be. And again, that's that's our purpose. That's what God called us on this earth to do. God called me, God called Captain Lemuel on the planet earth through the spirit and the words of the Bishop Nathaniel, Bishop Yawasap, Bishop Kana, all the deacons, to preach this word in the last days and tell me that I am a son of God, a literal son of God, not a not spiritual Israelite or nothing like that. There's no spiritual Israelite in the Bible. I'm a son of God and he chose me above everybody else. He gave me com- commandments concerning my, my neighbor, how to love my neighbors, I love myself, how to love my wife, how to, how to raise my love and raise my five children.
0: That's, that's honestly so beautiful. And it makes me want to go further into your personal story, Captain Emuel. How did, I remember you had, you had just said that maybe about five years ago or something like that, you were in another church, and this is before you found Israel United in Christ. How did Israel United in Christ come to you and change
1: your life? So originally it was my brother in 2012. Um, he came to me. We went to, this, to, to, to a building, and it was a, se- a seminar that a brother was hosting, and it was called From Hebrews to Negroes, or From Negroes, Negroes to Hebrews, one of the two. And it was a, a three-day service, but I only went to the one on Sunday. It was Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. And yeah. um, within, the, within the, the seminar, one of the things that they brought up was, oh, Abraham was black, Isaac was black, Jacob was black. The prophets were were black people, mind you. I grew up in a Christian church, born and raised. I've seen nothing but white Jesus, white angels, white prophets. That's all. That white disciples, white apostles. So that's all. That's that's all I saw. That's all I knew. And so I was intrigued, but it didn't click because it was. I mean, we were probably in there four or five hours. So I was check. You know, I got a short attention span. I'm checking. I checked out after the after the first. 30 minutes or so, 45 minutes. I was like, okay, that's cool. That's cool. Say maybe six months later, he was like, my brother called me. He was like, hey, you know, uh, did you know slavery was in the Bible? I said, no. But then again, I had never considered that. So, okay. He said, you know, slave ships is in the Bible? I said, Nah, I ain't never even heard that. So he told me to go read Deuteronomy 28. I go, I read it. I'm like, okay, all right. So it didn't really click. And then 2013, January, uh, December 2012, going into January 2013, I mean, it just it clicked. I'm like, yo, this is talking about the transatlantic slave trade, Deuteronomy 2868. There's only one nation of people that went into slavery by way of slave ships. Fast forward, I found another group. And so I was um, learning about them. But I wasn't really, you know, I was keeping some commandments, but, you know, just a, the few that they taught, like the Sabbath day. Yeah, I was randomly on YouTube on my iPad, twenty thirteen, mid some spring fall twenty thirteen, and then I stumbled across these these young cats, and I'm like, yo, they in college at that time? I'm in college, and they were breaking down the scriptures like I never heard. They were breaking down Psalms eighty three, the nations. Okay, white people in the Bible, I had never, I knew white people in the Bible, but they started breaking down other nations. Okay, Chinese people, Japanese people, Arabs in the Bible. Oh, shoot. I mean, and they bringing it with fire and conviction. I'm like, oh, shoot. I hadn't heard it And then I called the school and they hadn't opened a physical building as of yet. Uh, They went in an apartment. And after that, early, that was late 2013, but I kept up. I came out to the street teachings cuz they went downtown Dallas holding what I now know as Camp. Um and then, you know, March 2013, opened the school up and it, its history from there, Or 2014, March 2014. And I've been I've been locked in, zoned in ever since then. And I give all praise to the Most High for it because you know, at, in order to grow in understanding in the Bible, it's more than just knowing that Okay the prophets were black. Get that Psalms 111 and 10. It's more than just knowing oh black people in the Bible. Oh, slavery's in the Bible. Oh, um the prophets are black. Jesus is black. That that's the start. That's the identity. That's the skin. Now from that you read Ezekiel 37 because remember they talked about the valley of dry bones. That valley is here in America. The dry bones are the black Hispanics and Native Americans here because we have the skin is the identity. We have no identity. The sinews is the commandments, the laws. We don't have no laws, so as we start to grow in understanding of who we are as a race of people, as a nation of people, now there is something required of you. After that matter of fact, hold that, get that Deuteronomy was that ten and twelve. What is the law that God required of thee? So there's there's two things. One, you learn who you are. You learn that you're an Israelite. Now. You got to learn what's required of you to read that.
2: The book of Deuteronomy chapter 10 and verse 12. And now Israel, what doth the Lord thy God require of thee? But to fear the Lord thy God, to walk in all his ways and to love him and to serve the Lord thy God with all thy heart and with all thy soul, to keep the commandments of the Lord and his statutes. Which I
1: command thee this day for thy good, it says for thy good. So notice how I didn't say all nations, all races, all people. The Bible was written to the Israelites, for the Israelites, by the Israelites. It's not a it's not a book of all nations or for all nations. Other nations are written in there, but they 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 they're not the main characters. The children of Israel are the main characters. So the commandments of keeping the commandments of God, is what's required of us, and it's for our good. So we don't end up being baby mamas, baby daddies, highest STD, HIV rates. So we're not the last hired and first fired so that we can galvanize and come together as a nation of people, as a monolithic people, and continue to build our own. Now, read that in Psalms 111. And now, as you grow in understanding, now you can start to do things like OK, now let's build a congregation here in Dallas, Texas. Let's put a senior man here that keeps the commandments, that knows the commandments, that keep, that keeps the commandments, that can teach the commandments so that he can build other men and women, so that he can build the families in that neighborhood. The Lord called it little sanctuaries. Read that.
2: Psalms chapter 111, verse 10. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. A good understanding have all they that do his commandments.
1: So a good understanding of the Bible comes to those that keep the commandments first and foremost. So again, going back to a part of, of my journey, is I I I knew bits and pieces, but it wasn't really until 2013 that I really started to get an understanding as I started to learn from men that had been keeping the commandments for, you know. 30 years plus, longer than me that have gone through trials, tribulations that have been exercised by the commandments and they understand how to love their wives, how to raise their children. They can teach me how to be a man. They can get on me. They can cuss me out so I can learn how to be a man because that's what I need. Black people don't need to be talked to like Joel Osteen. And there's a lot
0: of Black people who will still listen to him.
1: Say it again. And there's a lot of black people who still listen to him religiously. Right. Right. Exactly. We that's not, that's not how you deal with us. We God said, we read that early Ezekiel three, we are an impudent and hard hearted or hard headed people. You don't talk to a, a hard headed, uh, people soft kind, just put it down, put it down, little Reggie, stop doing that. Monica, no. Boy, if you don't put that down, I'm a I'm gonna knock your legs off. That's how you gotta that's how that's how you gotta talk to us. That's the only way we get a clue. You
0: know? So and that's 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 so real. And it kind of makes me it, you talking about family makes me kind of lead into my next question. And it's much more of a personal question for you. Like I know for a lot of black people in this country, their Christianity is so baked into our minds that it's hard for us to think of anything else. And I, and I was, and I was thinking like when you stopped being a Christian and wanted to become a part of the IUIC, what resistance did you face in your
1: family? Much. They thought I was in a cult. They thought I was crazy. They, I needed an intervention. I remember when I, when I went to their church, this was probably, I don't know, 20 2016, 2017, we went out and we were passing out flyers near the church. So I, you know, I, I walked in because I hadn't seen them, you know, for a couple of a, a good bit of time at that point. And you know, hell, they they started to do a prayer circle and they got all the prayer warriors and all that. And I'm like, what? Why are y'all bugging? I said, I want to. I'm telling you, I want to keep the commandments. I can prove biblically and historically that we're the people of the book, and y'all telling me I'm crazy, I'm in a cult, y'all gonna pray for me, I'm gonna come out of it, and all of that. I'm like, yo, that, that. but at the same time, it goes back to the point I made earlier is that once you, once, the, you know, once you had that sense of identity and purpose, and, you know, I will people that don't. That have not come to the to the understanding of who they are you know it's 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 oil and water it's light and dark we've come out of the darkness into the marvelous light i mean and christ said you know you we were going to face opposition amongst our own get that real quick is that matthew yes, 10 among- yes sir god said we would you know christ said we are going to face opposition in this walk Because we're the light of the world. We're the city that's set on a hill. And the rest of our people are in gross darkness here in America. You got it?
2: Matthew chapter 10, verse 34. Think not that I am come to send peace on earth. I came not to send peace, but a
1: sword. So Christ, I know a lot of times we say crisis for world peace, crisis for is bringing everybody together, red and yellow, black and white. We are precious in his sight. But no, Christ himself said, I didn't come to send peace on earth. I came not to send peace, but a sword. Come on. A sword cuts. A sword divides. Let's see what Christ said he would divide. Come on.
2: for I am come to set a man at variance against his father.
1: That variance is division against the fathers. Come on.
2: And the daughter against her mother.
1: Uh Uh-huh.
2: And the daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law. Uh-huh. And a man's foes shall be they of his own household.
1: Christ said a man's enemies, foes is enemies. A man's enemies would be they of his own household. And it's not like I'm, I am I I walked around looking for enemies when I came into the truth. When I first came into the truth 2012, 2013, well, 2013 really, I'm trying to tell everybody, because at that time I'm thinking, Everybody got it. How how is this not on CNN? How is this not on every major news network in the world? I understand now why. Because all the other nations have conspired to keep the children of Israel suppressed, oppressed, colonized, conquered, and enslaved. So I understand it now. But at that time, I'm like, why is everybody... Against the word of God. All y'all say y'all Christians. All y'all say y'all believe God. All y'all say y'all believe the Bible. Why y'all against me for reading and trying to teach the same book that you say you believe in? But guess what? Everybody that say that they are Christian, everybody that says I love God, nah, they don't really love God. So Christ, so as you know, as I read that, I'm like. Okay, well, I understand now. I didn't understand at that time. And I was, you know, at that time, I'm like, yo, how am I losing everybody that I've loved and still love and have known for years? But, you know, it is what it is. The sinner is two and two. The godly against the sinner and the sinner against the godly. Read on on that real quick.
2: Verse 37. He that loveth father or mother more than me is not worthy of me and he that loves his son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me
1: you see that so christ said when we come into the truth and we start to keep the commandments you understand it you are the light of the world you are completely separate sanctified and set apart from everyone and everything in america and throughout the world and guess what even christ himself when he was on the earth he was not killed, he was assassinated. Killed is too light of a a word. He was assassinated by his own people. They used the Romans, they used the so-called white man to carry it out, but he was assassinated by his own people on the grounds of treason. White folks said, Oh, well, there's no, the, a.k.a. the Romans, they said, oh, well, there's no other God but Caesar, uh, Caesar. There's no other king but Caesar. Black people said, there's no other God but the Most High God. So he was killed by, he was assassinated by his own people. So now we understand, oh, okay, what, you know, what, what is no new thing under the sun, you know? So, you know, it is what it is. We know that it comes with the territory now, and how we deal with it is, you know, we we fellowship and we congregate and we stay around brothers and sisters that are like-minded, you know, because she says, how can two walk together unless they agree?
0: You know, I think that one of the most interesting parts about your story was how your whole family pretty much turned on you and almost kind of, it seems like they kind of like dehumanized you in the, in in the sense, and it makes me think of, you know, through my study of history, One of the biggest, one of the ways that racism as a concept started, race as a concept started, was when the Portuguese sailors sailed down Africa and they saw that the Africans didn't, they saw that the Africans weren't Christian. And they used this as like a a way of rationalizing why, okay, they need to be civilized. They need to be trained. They're heathens. And they they use this 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 doctrine of heathenism as a way to dehumanize these people, and because they were all black, they were like, okay, black people. And eventually, that evolved into racism and and slavery and everything. And and it's just to connect all that, it makes me think of how we as black people, because we don't have that identity that other groups of people have, we will adopt the traits and tactics of of the oppressor mm-hmm. and people who don't have our best interest in front of us a, and adopt that into our own lives. And, you know, like your family, from how from how you talked about how they treated you, they made it seem like you were like like becoming a Satanist or or, or right. something. Right. Or, right. You know, that, that's what they made it seem like. When you were still adopting the teachings of the Bible, but just from a different understanding, and I feel like as black people, that's something that we have a hard time understanding. And you know, we're, we're we're so deeply entrenched into the system of white supremacy. We don't even know what our issues are. And we don't even know that we're adopting the same tactics of those who used to oppress us to oppress ourselves.
1: You are 100% right. You are 100% right. And, and that's the thing about when you are in gross darkness, find me that officer Jacob, Light for dark, they put light for dark and dark for light. That's the thing about America is that, and a part of it is, again, we understand that here in America, we've been so brainwashed as a nation of people. We've been so programmed as a nation of people to take on these liberal, vile ideologies, ideas, thoughts, images, that we don't see each other as anything great. So how can we treat each other as anything great? Right. You got that for me, Officer Jacob?
2: Yes, sir. The book Read of that. Isaiah, chapter 5, verse 20. Woe unto them that call evil good and good evil, that put darkness for light and light for darkness.
1: And that's what happened here in America. That's why when we come to we, we when we come with the Bible and we say, okay, thou shalt not commit adultery, thou shalt not kill, remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy, oh, well, the laws are done away. But why, why do you think that's good? Right. What, what, are you, what are you talking about? That is written in the Bible, Old Testament and New Testament. They've put light for dark and darkness for light. So they think that they're doing good when they say you in a cult, you in a gang, Whatever they think that they're doing good, when they say, "Oh, the Old Testament's done away with, the, the laws are got the laws are done away with. Now we under the new," they think that that's good, but they've been brainwashed and programmed. And again, going back to our purpose, our purpose is to cleanse our people's brain stems of the programming of the religion of Christianity, so that they can come back to the knowledge. Of who they are and understand that the commandments of God are for their good, for their benefit, and we understand that we're gonna face much opposition. Because as we read in Ezekiel three earlier, the prophets of old, our forefathers, they faced opposition; they had enemies. It, it, you know, so Christ never said it was gonna come easy. Christ had enemies when he was in his early days of of his ministry. They wanted to stone him. The scribes, the Pharisees, they wanted to stone him. They they took they took counsel on how they could kill him. Read that Mark eight thirty one, and we are not above our master. Mark chapter eight verse thirty. Is it thirty one? Yeah. The
2: book of Mark chapter eight, and verse thirty one, and he began to teach them that the Son of Man must suffer many things and be rejected of the elders and the chief priests and scribes and be killed and after three days rise again.
1: See that? When it says the elders, the chief priests, and the scribes, those all Israelites. They conspired to kill him. So we're not above our master. We understand that as... The children of Israel came up against Christ. They're going to come up against us. It is what it is. It, it comes with it. But we understand that there's something greater beyond the suffering that we're going to go through in this life. So, you know, it is what it is. We we teach. We preach. We continue on with the mission. That's what God called us to do. So that's what we're going to do.
0: Most definitely. And I respect that so much, you know, being somebody who. You know, I feel like in our society today, particularly Black people, I feel like a lot of us are complacent and, you know, we don't even know that we're in these dark times. Like, we can see them, but we don't actually know how distressed we are. You know, we're we're so distressed that we have taken this state that we're in as a state of, of normalcy. And, you know, I remember Kendrick Lamar said in, um, in his last album, he's talking about how our culture was built off of, of a foundation of of pain and strife. So we don't know what what true liberation and salvation looks like. And it it truly, it truly plagues us. And that and that leads me to my next question. You know, I was curious what what is the IUIC doing in, in the Dallas area to further these these social justice initiatives and to into and just broaden your influence in your immediate community.
1: That's that's excellent. So foundationally, first and foremost, we're out in the street, we're teaching, we're preaching the word of God because the scripture says, read that real quick, uh, Psalms 119 verse 9, because we understand that the Lord said, and, and give me that highways and hedges, because we understand that first and foremost, we have to do as Christ commanded us to and go out into the highways and hedges. Read whichever one you got first, read it.
2: The book of Psalms, chapter 119, verse 9. Wherewithal shall a young man cleanse his way by taking heed thereto according to thy word?
1: By taking heed thereto according to thy word. So we understand that we have to teach the word of God. We have to teach the laws of God in order in order for our people to change, in order for them to truly repent, read um, Highways and Hedges. Luke, chapter fifteen Is by way of what Christ commanded us to Luke chapter 14,
2: verse 23. And the Lord said unto the servant, go out into the highways and hedges and compel them to come in and com- go out filled,
1: into the highways and the hedges and compel them to come in. Come on. That my house may be filled That the house of Israel, that his sanctuaries may be filled. So Christ told us to go out into the highways and the hedges. That's why you see us on the street corners. That's why you see us, um, in in every on every corner, every block, every city and state here in America and beyond. We have congregations in Africa. We have uh brothers and sisters in Japan. We have brothers and sisters throughout the four corners of the earth that that are believers. Also some of the other things that are that we're doing is we have youth violence seminars that we host. Wow. Yes sir. So what we do is, you know, hour, hour and a half, two hours, matter of fact, we have one tomorrow in that we uh, we go out, we'll have a medical seminar, and then we'll have the youth violence seminar where we'll have keynote, keynote speakers in the city, whether it's police chiefs, whether it's mayors and things like that. We've done it in various cities. We've done it in, in Memphis. We've done it in Little Rock, Arkansas. We've uh, we're, get, we're getting ready to do it in Louisiana. so we've done it in, in several places. We have our Daughters of Sarah program and, and various other things for the for the the women in order to learn how to be wives and mothers uh, and daughters according to the laws of God, according to Titus chapter two. So we have different avenues, different programs for every single um, wherever you are in life and in age, whether you're young men, whether you are senior men, whether you're kind of in, the, you know, the early, uh, early ages, you know, around your 20s. Uh, we have career fairs uh, in Dallas at one of the rec centers. We recently had a back to school drive where we gave out over, Officer Jacob, you can help me out with a number, we gave out a couple, you know, over 100 backpacks.
2: About 200.
1: About, yeah, so 200, low over 200 backpacks in the community. So we out there. We're giving back. It's not like we're just cramped up in a church like you see a lot of other, you know, many Christian churches. (laughs) We are actually out touching the community in as many ways as we possibly can.
0: You know, I think that it is incredibly inspiring to see that despite the opposition that your organization faces, you guys are still out there in the community and doing what needs to be done in order to further, you know, just. Who we are as as a people you know it makes me think you you, what was it called it was called the violence seminar just say that again
1: yes sir youth violence seminar Youth
0: violence seminar what do you what do you think your biggest takeaway has been from the black men who have attended these these seminars like what what do you think has been like the common problem in their lives that that causes them to be as distressed as they are and how do you guys think you have alleviated those problems
1: yeah, excellent question. So get that Isaiah 1 and 3. One of the biggest things that that we've seen is it, it goes right back to that loss of identity. And there's a lot of pent-up frustration because of, you know, things that we see, the, the the police brutality. We've seen, especially in over the last couple of years, how many times have we seen a black man, a black woman murdered in public? On on on, telephone. Right. On video, on camera, whether it's camera phone or whether it's a surveillance camera or something like that. Police body cams. That's traumatic.
0: It is. It is.
1: So it causes this 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 PTSD, this post-traumatic stress disorder, and we take it out on each other. It's this pent-up frustration. We don't have outlets. A lot of the community centers that we used to have growing up, they're not out there no more. Your boys and girls clubs, your your uh, you know your after school programs and things like that. A lot of that stuff is dried up. it's no more. So then when you have a, all this idle time, you know, an idle mind is a devil's playground, you got all this idle time, an idle mind, you're already frustrated, you're, you're scared. You can't walk up the street and see a police car roll by without ducking and covering. So that that that's one of the biggest themes that we see is, is, is frustration, loss of identity. Isaiah 1 and 3.
2: Isaiah chapter 1, verse 3. The ox knoweth his owner, and the ass his master's crib. But Israel doth not know. My people doth not
1: consider. See that? We don't know where we come from. We don't know who we are. And we've never considered. And it's not until people see us in the street. It's not until we hold we host these youth violence seminars to where we can kind of take a step back and take a, you know, an hour, hour and a half, two hours to really go through the scriptures and really explain the root causes, the cause and effect. And then the solution. Because it's easy for people to. to Get on these panels. We got all these podcasts. We got all these YouTube shows where everybody know the problem. Everybody know the problem, but who got a solution? I um I I, I wanted to read this. Give me that uh, wild bull Isaiah fifty one. This is this is another another thing that we see as far as you know the the theme of what we see from the seminars. Isaiah fifty one and twenty
2: the book of Isaiah, chapter 51, verse 20. Thy sons have fainted.
1: Thy sons, meaning the sons of God, the sons of Israel, come on. They lie
2: at the head of all the streets.
1: That, that's why notice how when you go to your corner stores in the hood, when you go to your liquor stores, who's out in front of those stores? Black people. When you watch various shows, older shows, um, I'm trying to think of the one that... that the. God dog. I can't. Something blue, blue, something, something blue. I forget what it's called. But when you see a lot of these these hood video uh, hood shows and stuff like that, where they're depicting black people in the hood, who do you see at the front of them corner stores? Black people. That's what the Bible is talking about right here. They lie at the head of all the streets. Come on. As a wild bull in a net. And we're wild. But God compares us to a wild bull. Bull in a net. Because when you when you in a net, you are trapped. You can't get out. We're trapped in poverty. We're packed trapped in famine and food deserts. We're trapped in low education in no education system. We're trapped in wick. These are all traps, like a wild bull in a net. That's what a net is, a trap. Come on.
2: Oh, excuse me. They are full of the fury of the Lord.
1: They and- are full of the fury of the Lord, the rebuke of thy God. The fury of the Lord is we're full of the curses of God. The sons of God are trapped in these physical bodies that break down. We get tired. We get achy. We working from sun up to sun up. We got, we got other people telling us when to wake up, when to go to sleep, when to be to work, when to leave work. We're full of the curses of God. That's one of the major themes that we see at these youth violence seminars is we're, just, we're full of the curses of God. We're full of the rebuke of God. Deuteronomy 28, verse 15 through 68, that's the fury of the Lord. That's the rebuke of God. So that's what, we, that's what the Word of God is. It's that cool glass of water on a 108-degree summer day in Dallas, Texas, and in all Texas, throughout the four corners of the earth, even beyond Texas, throughout the four corners of the earth, whether it's America, whether it's Africa, whether it's Germany, whether it's UK, whether it's London, guess what? We got congregations on all those continents.
0: Hey, that- we have
1: congregations all over.
0: That is that is beautiful. and it something that you said about how a lot of these a lot of these young people don't really have things to do anymore. I feel like that, along with social media, has made I can see that it can make a lot of the youth like, mad because we you don't have anything to do, but you can get on your phone and see. All the nice things that other people have. Right. And then it's like, wow, like, I want this. Why don't I have this? But I feel like I deserve it. So then you go out and start trying to take it from others. And it's, in, in, in oftentimes a forceful and violent way. And it, it damages us a lot.
1: Right. Right. I mean, absolutely. Absolutely. And like I said, it's it's only going, the only thing that will fix us is the word of God. That's, there's nothing else. There's no, there's no other program. There's nothing that the government's going to do. There's no, there's no law that's going to be passed
0: nothing. that
1: that can change us. Thou shalt not is what's going to change us. And in us actually applying that. You want to stop murder in the black community? Thou shalt not kill. You want to stop baby mamas and baby daddies? Thou shalt not commit adultery. Hebrews 13 and 4, marriage is honorable and all, and a bed undefiled. But whoremongers and adulterers, God will judge. You don't want to be judged with syphilis and HIV. Stop sleeping around. And get married. <laughs> That's it. It's it's that simple, but it's that hard at the same time because again, of who you're dealing with. You're dealing with a stubborn, stiff neck, rebellious people. Stubborn, stiff
0: neck, rebellious people. <laughs> you know, a, another thing that I had thought about was how we as black people, you know, we we try to act like we are. I, I would I would say you know most black people are Christians and. Oftentimes, we try to act like that, you know, Christianity and God is what guides us. But I feel like, unfortunately, for a lot of Black people, the guiding religion that we have is, is capitalism and the U.S. governmental laws, you know, the Constitution, because we we as Black people have fallen into the trap of, you know, and Malcolm X even said this, you know, you, you can't legislate and put people out of these conditions. And... We have fallen to the trap of thinking that the politicians and the lawmakers, if they make if 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 they change some laws, you know, you change some of these laws, black people are gonna get out this, get out of this condition that we're in. And it's like, you can't legislate these problems out of us. These problems are are so much deeper than any constitution could fix. And we as black people, we we focus so much of our attention outward. We need to focus more more of our attention inward, and right. we need, we actually need to, you know, what what it is about what is it about ourselves? How are we gonna get out of this problem? You know, I feel like we as black people we need to be more, we need to be collectively we need to honor our 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 history more and our collective memory. Even in America, despite all the bad things that we have that have happened to us in this country, you know, we have still done great things. We have built communities, you know, we we have built great things. You know, when we think of Black Wall Street, Black Wall Street was was one of hundreds of all Black communities that existed in that time period that was created out of the negative strife that we as Black people had after slavery. I think we need to hone in on, on this stuff more, you know? One of the things that I feel like hurts Black people a lot is that we have that collective fear of like, If we do it on our own, we can't, we can't, like, it's going to, it's going to get destroyed. That's why you have leaders who are afraid to rise up. You have people afraid to rise up because we're always scared of what the United States and what white people specifically are going to do to us. And we need to stop being fearful and get what is ours and get what we deserve.
1: Right, right. And remember, the scripture says, come out from among them and be ye separate. Christ was for his own people. Christ told us, come out from among them and be ye separate. He said, get that real quick. Matthew 15, 24, and then come out from among them. This is what Christ said. He was for his own people. I want to touch a couple of things that you said. I want to touch this first, Matthews 15. Matthew chapter 15, verse
2: 24. But he answered and said, I am not sent, but unto the lost
1: sheep of the house of Israel. Christ said, He was only sent but unto the lost sheep, but means only to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. Christ was not sent to all nations, all races, all people. Christ was sent to the poor in spirit. Christ was sent to the prisoners. Christ was sent to the to those of lower estate. He wasn't sent to those that are sitting high on hog. He wasn't sent to the, the, the politicians and those that are passing laws and stuff like that. So when he said, now, now read that, Come out from among them.
2: The book of 2 Corinthians, chapter 6, verse 17. Wherefore, come out from among them and be ye separate, saith the Lord. And touch not the unclean thing, and I will receive you.
1: You see that? In order for us to be received by God, we gotta come out from amongst the unclean thing. One of the two of the unclean things is politics and religion. Because to your point, you said. We try to legislate and vote our way out of the conditions that we're in. It's not gonna happen. These curses are from God, <laughs> and we got to come out of religion because religion has done nothing but separate us, kept us divided as a race, as a nation of people. That's the only thing it's done. And when we come back to the Bible, to the laws of God, we we can move mountains. Because I, you know, and I think about and I give all praise to the Most side of what the bishops have done. Is that as a unit, we can build up our own sanctuaries and congregations. We don't need these massive million-dollar handouts uh uh from these from these banks and these religious corporations in order to have our own. No, we can be self-funded. Believers, we're gonna galvanize, we're gonna come together, we're gonna like the scripture says in Zephaniah 2 and 1, gather yourselves together, O nation, not desired. We we'll, we understand that we can't vote our way out of this. We can't legislate our way out of this. We're not going to do none of that. We are going to keep God's commandments. We're not going to be overcome by covetousness because many black, Hispanic, besides those that were destroyed by white folks. and I'm, So I'm not talking about like your... Um, uh, Black Wall Streets, so or things like that. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about other organizations that have been destroyed from within by what? Covetousness. Most recently, you had your brother, our brother, Jay Morrison, who allegedly took a bunch of money and was dealing with the money, is dealing with the money, unethically. I'm not going to say he stole, or He, whatever the case is. I'm not getting into that. Uh-huh. My point is, the, f- the mere fact that it w- an accusation would even come up of misappropriating funds or alleging that you were being unethical or stole money or whatever the case is, it's like, damn, why we can't never do nothing right together? <laughs> I mean, shoot, we can't even give $5 it's to each frustrating. other. It's frustrating. And I get it and I understand, but guess what? That's what happens when black people say, "Oh, we're not a monolithic people." I- imagine if we were a monolithic people, meaning we were all of one mind, one spirit, we all understood the same thing. Get that Exodus 20. I'm going to show you want, one I'm going to show you real quick. Imagine if we were a monolithic people. Read Exodus chapter 20 verse 15. The
2: book of Exodus chapter 20 verse 15. Thou shalt not steal thou shalt not what? Thou shalt not
1: steal thou shalt not steal so if we're all a monolithic a monolithic people, we all govern ourselves by this commandment right here. so if we all put five dollars in the bucket and we give it to Isaiah to you know build us you know build us a recreation center, we're not going to worry about if the recreation center is going to get built. We're not going to worry about if the school is going to get built because we know as a monolithic people, the Bible says thou shalt not steal. So we're not going to worry about Isaiah stealing the money. We're not going to worry about Isaiah saying, oh, I'm going I'm to I'm build the, I'm going to build us a school, but then he go, he go off and he build a house for himself. So again, it goes back to we have to come out from amongst these unclean things, the religion, the politics, we come back to the Bible, we come back to the commandments, we apply the commandments of God amongst each other, and it's certain things we ain't got to worry about we can we can move mountains even in captivity. we're still in slavery. Some of us are higher paid slaves than others, but we all slaves because we all get told when to wake up, when to go to sleep, when you got to be to work. You're going to take this hour and a half commute. I'm going to fire you if you don't do your job. I'm a, so some of us are just higher paid than others. I don't get no. if you make a million dollars a year, you a million-dollar slave. If you make 20000 a year, you a $20,000 a year slave. Mm-hmm. Everything in between, you know, so. But we're going to do it. We're going to do it. There's going to be. And we're going to set the example for the rest of our people to to, to realize Again, we've set up through the spirit of the Lord, through the vision of Bishop Nathaniel, Bishop Yawasai, Bishop Kana, through their vision, through their teaching, through their leadership, through their organization and structure, through their rebuke, admonition, exhortation, through their correction. We are going to build sanctuaries. We are going to rebuild the nation of Israel. Many of our people are going to repent, one-third here in America, and a tenth, throughout the other through, throughout the west the rest of the world we're going to come together we're going to come together as a nation of people we're going to repent and then we're going to get the hell spiritually out of america because america's going to be destroyed by nuclear fire nato is going to come against america who was once an ally will become an enemy those nations they they who whom they called allies at one point will become enemies man that's
0: that's super deep and, you know something that you had stressed upon that, that really resonated with how I think is how, you know, you got $40 million slaves, $20,000 $20, slaves, you know, you know, Harriet Tubman said that I could have freed a thousand more slaves if they only knew that they were slaves. Right, 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 And one of the biggest things that hurts America in the black community in particular is that we don't know that we are slaves still, you know, we don't, we never even think about like, yeah, I'm making $100,000 a year, but I still got to work from sunup to sunup. You know, <laughs> I, I still, I still got to work all the time. And I think that something that has, that, that we've been deceived by, you know, as, as black people, as you know, after the civil rights movement, um, I've been studying a lot of William Julius Wilson. He talked about, Economic polarization that was happening in the Black community in the 1980s, where you have a you have a a Black middle class that's rising, but then you have the lower class which is getting poorer. And I speak for the Black middle class here, and like a lot of Black people in the middle class, you know, they have taken the the ideal that okay, I make this amount of money, I'm good. I don't really got to worry about none of this racial stuff no more. Yeah, I'm black. Yeah, I might get discriminated. I might, I might get discriminated against every now and then, but it's good. You know, I have a good job. I'm comfortable. And one of the things that hurts us the most is that we don't, we don't stay on code anymore. We we don't, we don't have a value system. Malcolm X said, a man who stands for nothing will fall for anything. And that's a quote that has resonated with me so much because I see that there are so many things in our community that we do not stand for. We stand for nothing anymore. We we let right. anything and everything go. And when you do that, you will be tricked by all the by all the tools that the society will use in order to make you and keep you a slave. Right. So it's, I mean, it's it's super deep in our psychology as black people. We have since during slavery years forged in the syllabus today, we have been taught to hate ourselves. And it's it's more prevalent now than it has ever been, in my opinion.
1: No, nah, you are you 100% right. You know, and it 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 goes back to we envy Proverbs 3 31. We envy our oppressors. Social media has been set up. Now all you see is the big house, the nice car, how to make six figures. You want to make one hundred thousand. Like when did when did one hundred thousand dollars become the standard of good living? When did that become the standard of life? I don't get it. Every every other commercial you see on YouTube is so I got an idea on how you can use YouTube automation and you can make six figures. Do you want to know how to use a dirty diaper to make six figures? You want to recycle canned bottles? I can show you how to do it in 60 seconds and make a million dollars in two days. What what are we what? What are we talking about? But it's that it's that site, it's that programming of covetousness. It's the programming of how quickly can I make a dollar? That that, that fast money. Read that real quick.
2: Proverbs chapter 3, verse 31. Envy thou not the oppressor, and choose none of his
1: ways. So we think the nice cars, the flashy cars, the diamonds, we want the big house on the hill and all that stuff. Why but we will we will stoop to the lowest of lows, in order to get a crumb of what the other nations have. To get a to to get a sliver. That's why God said, "Don't envy your oppressors. Choose none of their ways. All that fast money and all that will be the first ones caught up in a Ponzi scheme. Looking for first fast money. How can I make a quick dollar? Yes, sir."
0: Man, you are speaking so much to me right now. And it's like we 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 we're so caught up in trying to be like white people in this country. And it's like when even when you think of something like I had mentioned earlier, integration happened. A big reason why integration failed is what white people didn't start buying in the black society. We just completely said, screw all of our things, let's go into white society. And we mm-hmm. have been all the institutions that, that, that we have built, and, you know, like Dr. Claude Anderson has said numerous times, you know, we have behaved off code and we did not value what we had because we have, we have inherently been taught to hate ourselves. Mm-hmm. And, you know, if you're taught to hate yourself, at, at, at the moment, at the, the moment you can be somebody else, you will be somebody else. And that's something that has plagued us a lot. You know we have i think i said earlier we have bought into the individualistic nature of white society and now you have black people acting in such an individualistic manner we used to act more like a community more like and you know I don't, I don't want to romanticize the past and everything but there there are things in the past that people did more than they do now and i would argue that this community is overall an american problem but right now i'm talking about black people and black society and how it impacts us the most and we are just we are so individualistic it's so me 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 we can't get into the we 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 we, we. Right. and right. it it's it's something that 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 makes it hard for us to get out of this predicament that we're in but thanks to organizations like yours we are slowly getting to that point in which we can come together and be that monolithic
1: people like you've been preaching throughout this episode yes sir Yes, sir. Absolutely. We're going we to get there. We, it's not a matter of if, it's just as we work, it's just it's, it's when. We're getting there. I don't even say we're getting there. It's just going to grow. This movement, this truth, it's just going to grow. It's not going to get any smaller. It's not going to be a by-the-wayside organization, by-the-wayside group, or anything like that as this gospel is preached throughout the four corners of the earth. You're going to see more congregations grow. You're going to see the Israelite, you're going to see the Israelites everywhere. We, we, we've already flooded. You, you got a lot of these platforms that's uh deleting our YouTube channels, deleting our TikTok channels and Instagram and everything else because of this truth. Do the other nations do not want to see blacks, Hispanics, and Native Americans come together. They don't want to see it. Because as they see us come together, as they see the slaves rise, they see their kingdoms start to fall. And that's what you're seeing. You're seeing a change of kingdoms. You're seeing a change of worlds. You're living in a time of the change of worlds. I don't, me personally, I don't see America standing any more than another, you know, 30, 40 years. If that, you know, no man knows the day or the hour only the father. But the way it's declining right now, I mean, America's on a sharp decline. Matter of fact, Elon Musk, I believe, just posted uh, something about like, when you see, when you see the Roman Empire fall, it reminds you of something like that. I'm I'm paraphrasing, but you know, even, even they understand that America's coming to an end. And as America comes to an end, the children of Israel, the kingdom of Israel, starts to rise.
0: Most definitely. And nothing, nothing, no matter how great you perceive it to be, lasts forever. And that's that goes with greatness, but also with darkness. And darkness does not last forever. And I have been so inspired by this conversation. And I want to, before I wrap this episode up, I want to ask you, in, in the next five to ten years, where do you see the IUIC going? Where do you what what are what are, what are some plans that you guys have about growth and expanding?
1: Yes, sir. So we, we we're gonna continue to preach. We're gonna continue to push on all social media platforms, any new platform that comes up. you're gonna see us there. We took over clubhouse. they shut that down. Now we're on to um, other platforms. Gonna to continue to teach in the streets. We are now pushing to again other continents, South Africa. You're seeing us, you're seeing the bishop over all of South Africa, various radio stations and podcasts there. As we continue to uh speak with platforms like yours, you know, platforms like yours giving us the opportunity to come on and spread this gospel because you'd be surprised in 2023 how many people just have never heard this before. I I want to read this scripture. I, I actually got two scriptures before we wrap up. Give me that Mark 14, preach the gospel throughout the four corners. And then shout sh- the income. Or is that Matthew 24? That might be Matthew 24. Yes, sir. Yeah, because I, I, I want us to see something real quick. And then shall the end come. Is that Matthew 24, 14? Yeah,
2: 14. 14, yes, sir. Matthew chapter 24, verse 14. And this gospel of the kingdom shall be preached in all the world for a witness unto all nations. And then shall the end come.
1: So I want brothers and sisters to notice something. I want your listeners, your audience to, to think about something. Christianity, the religion that we know today, has been preached throughout the world a hundred times and back, yet we're still here. The end has not come. So Christ could not have been talking about the religion of Christianity as we know it. That gospel that he's talking about is the gospel that we've been talking about for the last hour and some change, that the 12 tribes of Israel is on the rise. You so-called blacks, Hispanics, and Native Americans, you are the true Children of Israel, your God's chosen people. God chose you above all the other nations on the face of the planet. This kingdom will fall, and your kingdom will rise, and it will stand forever. There's no nation, there's no missile, there's no nuke, there's no war, or nothing like that that is going to bring down the kingdom of Israel. And I'm gonna prove that, and then I'm I'm done after that. Daniel, let's end it off with this. Daniel chapter seven, verse twenty-seven or at least for me, Daniel chapter seven, verse 27.
2: The book of Daniel chapter seven and verse 27 and the kingdom and dominion and the greatness of the kingdom under the whole heaven shall be given to the people of the saints of the most high. The
1: the people of the saints of the most high, the saints, brothers and sisters, y'all can write this down. Is the children of Israel according to Deuteronomy chapter 33, verses 1 through 3. Those are the saints. Go ahead.
2: Whose kingdom is an everlasting kingdom. Is a what?
1: Is an everlasting kingdom. Is an everlasting kingdom. Our kingdom will last forever. Come on.
2: And all dominions shall serve and obey
1: him. And guess what? All these nations shall serve and obey. The hymn is Christ, our King. Jesus Christ is the King of Israel. Jesus Christ is the King of Israel. And guess what? It says it even in the, New, in the New Testament, Acts chapter 1, verse 6. So we give all praise to the Most High. That's our plan is to continue to preach this gospel throughout the four corners of the earth. And then we understand that the end will come. The end of this kingdom, the end of the so-called white man's reign, the end of the Caucasian man's reign and the rise of the reign and kingdom of the 12 tribes of Israel.
0: That that is amazing. And I'm so glad that I had the opportunity to speak with you today. Where can my audience and anybody who listens to this podcast find you guys on some social media? Like where can we find you guys?
1: Yes, sir. Uh, primarily, you can find us on our website, IsraelUnite.org. You can find us on all social media platforms, Israel United in Christ, and you can find us on individual cities. For the most part, especially your major cities, you can type in IUIC. Dot, for example, Dallas. If you're looking for Dallas specifically, I-U-I-C dot Dallas on all your major platforms. Actually, and I'm going to read it real quick. You can subscribe and follow I uh, Instagram at IUICDallas, Facebook at IUICDallas, TikTok at IUICDallas, and YouTube at IUICDallas.
0: Well, there, there you go, y'all. Y'all heard it from him, Captain N MUL. Thank you for hopping on the Black Lotus podcast. I appreciate speaking with you today. This was a great conversation. Just just know, our whole community, we're, we're, we're so excited to have this conversation with you guys today, and we feel truly blessed to have been able to have this discussion. And as we always say, as long as y'all show love, we'll stay consistent. Josiah out. Black Lotus Podcast out. Thank y'all for listening.